Hey, I'm Mel. And I'm Andres, and you're listening to Mixtape, Mixtape, your favorite Afro-Latin podcast. What she said. Bomba is more than just a recreational thing. It's more than just a spiritual thing that was used by the ancestors. It's, it's more than that. It's healing and therapy. It helped me. It helped my sister. And I'm pretty sure there's more people out there that have served that uh, purpose as well. Today's single presents the extended version of our interview with Mar Cruz. This interview with Mar is part of the investigative work for track 9 of our second season, Tocame la Bomba, Play Bomba to Me. Check it out. Pandeando la reina avanza y de su inmensa grupa resbalan meneos cachondos y el gongo cuaja. Today's single title is inspired by the song version of the poem Majestad Negra, Black Majesty, written by the recognized Puerto Rican poet Luis Pales Matos. The song is interpreted here by La Familia Cepeda. Bueno, pues hola a todos. Mi nombre es Mar Cruz. I'm Mar Cruz. I'm a dancer. I'm a bomba dancer, bomba practitioner. I like to say better. For more than 11 years now, I dance normally with my sister. I dance uh, with the group... Um, Parranderos de Loiza, and with my own group that is called um, Bomba Yemaya. Rosa de Uganda, por ti crepitan bombas y bambulas. Mar, tell us how you came to practicing bomba. The way that I got into bomba was, um, it was to, through a dream, actually. It was, at, it was through an ancestor that came to me through a dream when I was like, I was 22 at the time. And I remember that I had this weird dream that I was in my grandmother's house and then I was in the like, in her couch. I was standing in front of her couch and I could see my uncle from my mother's side, like walking in front of me, like pacing, like, like he was anxious about something. He was like worried about something. And I'm like, Tio Frankie, what's happening? What's happening? And he's like, oh, I don't know. And then he stopped, all of a sudden he stopped in front of me. And when he stopped in front of me, he put his hand on my chest like this. And then as soon as he put his hand on my chest, he started speaking in Yoruba. In the moment, I didn't know what, how Yoruba sounded or what it meant. I just understood in the, in the dream and I knew that it was Yoruba. So when he was speaking to me, when he finished doing what it, it, what it was to me like a prayer when he finished he took his hand uh, from my chest and he said like okay ahora puedes mirar. okay now you can look and then I felt a hand like a very big hand holding me here and I'm like what the heck and I when I look I can see the hand of a giant and it was a black hand and when I look back definitely it was a giant it was a giant man black man he was so big that he was sitting on the on the floor, like straight like that. He was standing like this and holding me like this. And I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> I didn't get scared. I was surprised because in the dream, everything, everything seemed so lucid, lucid. And then um, I turn around, I look at my uncle. I'm like, what is happening? And he's like, I'm going to explain to you now. So I turn around and I see the giant 
but now this giant is more in a human-like form. He was still very tall, almost he can reach the ceiling, and he was dressed all in white. But it was like this beautiful, bright, 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 almost like light was coming out of his garment. And he looked like como los moros, like the, the moors is how they say, como los moros. Este, with a, with a, he had like a turban on his head and then he got this beautiful garment and he was very strong. Um, he looked like almost like an athlete, very strong and their arms very long. And then this, his cheeks bones were like, I can't I can even picture it. Like, I did even a drawing about him. He was beautiful. And his skin, he looked like he was like glowing, like almost like if you look close, it looked like it was like gold. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. And then when I saw him, I'm like, who is he? And then my uncle said, well, this man, he used to be a slave. He died when he was 22 years old. And I remember that because I was the same age. And then he said, then the, the man was talking to him, but another dialect that I didn't understand. But somehow in the dream, I understood him. And the man was like, oh, like, where's my scarf? And my uncle was like, what? I don't understand what you're saying. And I'm like, este tío, he's telling you that where's his scarf? And he's like, I don't know where that scarf is. Like, I don't care about the scarf. Now, listen. Now, this man, like I was saying, he was 22 years old when he died. And he used to have a daughter that was two years old when he died as well. And she died with him. And the thing is that this man, is from now on is gonna walk with you because he says that you remind him of his daughter and then poof I woke up and I'm like what was that that was beautiful but okay and a little bit sad you know so that day when I woke up I remember that my mom told me este, my, este, we're gonna go to the mechanic so we can fix the tire I'm like okay let's go so we went to Bayamón that's a town here in Puerto Rico. So we went there. We were cracking some jokes with the mechanic who was a Dominican guy, very funny. And we were outside the building. And while we were talking to him, I remember that it was late. It was now late at night. I hear the drums. I hear drums. And when I was in the dream, I heard drums, like drums sounding here, like inside of my body. And I remember me like like ¿cómo se dice eso? los ojos se me pusieron a wow <laughs> como que iba a empezar a llorar yo escucha eso <laughs> I was telling my mom do you hear that and the guy, the mechanic do you hear that and the, the mechanic was like yeah I hear that that's that's esa gente esa gente que está allá en el parque que están tocando y yo what gente what you talking about it's like yeah there's some people that they gather there on the park because across the street from the mechanic there was a park and it's in it was um because it was uh it's called Parque de Bayamón. I remember that I was like, mommy, I need to cross over. I need to go there. And my mom was like, What you crazy? I'm like, I need to go there. I cannot explain. I just need to go there. So I went there and definitely there was a group of people and they were <laughs> they were playing and dancing on their very dark gazebo. And I just went there, and when I got close, I just saw this group of men that were sitting down, and this big belly guy <laughs> sitting down with the drum playing while this other guys were following him. 
And then I see a group of old ladies. It was like maybe like four or five old ladies that they were dancing bomba. And they were like with the skirt. And I could see the one of the, the ladies that was the oldest, she was the teacher. That was Doña Ezinuñe. And when I saw her, I like immediately, I was like, oh, que bella. <laughs> and all I could see was the silhouette. And to me, I felt like I was seeing like an ancestor when I saw her. And I was like, oh my God, like I, 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 this is Bomba. I knew that it was Bomba because, you know, I'm Puerto Rican. We, we talk about that in, in history. Plus my family expo it used to expose me to Bomba when I was, um, when, I, when we were little. And I used to be in a Bomba group as well. But that right there, that dream was the one that totally connected me to, to the music. And just like that, I just asked the people around, like, what is, can, is, this is Bomba, right? They're like, yeah. And how many times do you guys gather here? Oh, we gather here on Mondays. At what time? This time. Okay. And how much? No, it's free. I'm like, what? I'm staying here. <laughs> so you guys are going to see me regularly, like now. So me, my sister, and my mom started taking classes, and then my father as well. And then the rest is history. So that's how I got into Bomba. <laughs> At what point did you say, okay, I want to start my own bomba group? Oh, later on, like in 2020. Yeah, that's when I started my bomba group. Because definitely I wasn't, I didn't feel prepared, you know, mm -hmm. and still I, I do not feel entirely prepared. Like I know everything, you know, the day that I think that I know everything, then I'm not, I'm wrong. <laughs> There's always something to learn and there's always something to unlearn so we can learn. So I'm very clear on that. See. <laughs> now that we know a bit about you and your journey to Bomba, tell us about the ways in which Bombas danced. Well, mira, in Bomba, normally we dance one at a time. But we could enter in bomba, like in the in the space that is called debate. This the space right in front of the drummers. In that space, we can enter alone, but we can enter too, like in pairs. Like we can enter with a partner. But when we do that, we do a paseo together, and then after that, the male does like a little turn to the to the women. Then the women starts dancing. And once she finished the dancing, she goes again, she comes back to the male. The male does a little bit of paseo again, and then he starts dancing. Then he finished the dancing. You know, they go, they like they're escort themselves together. But normally it's one at a time. Why? Because in Bomba, there's one drum that is called Primo Osuidor that this drum is going to follow every step that the dancer make. It's different from like salsa and merengue and bachata that you need to hear the music so you can catch the rhythm and then, you know, seguir con lo paso. Here in, in Bomba, you do the music, you know, with your entire body, este, with the piquetes. The piquetes is, is the word that we give to the, the steps, right? But yeah, it has to be always one at a time. Back in the day, when they were gathering, 
inside of the bateri, there will be more, there multiple people, but the one that was closest to the drum, to the drummer, was the one that the drummer will follow. That's the thing that you were normally would see on the south side. Like now, like the dancing in the south side, it was it, it was very different, and it was very um, old. We we're lucky enough to have still, you know, um, cultural friends and partners maintaining that that tradition. We learned that there's a lot of bomba rhythms. Could you describe some of the more common ones as well as the movement associated with those rhythms? Okay, so every rhythm has their own step. Like in bomba, there are multiple rhythms of bomba or stasis de bomba, that's how it's called as well. Every rhythm has their own unique step and every step has their own unique, say, like energy and spirit to it. For example, we got zika. that the step that you're just like almost like walking that almost like you're marching and whenever the dancer or dancing is doing this right what they're doing is what is called el adorno el adorno is the basic step of the rhythm that they're playing so whenever i'm for example i'm in a in the bomba show right and they're the drummers the dancer normally is going to be standing on the side of the drummers. Let's say the drummers are um, sitting down like in a straight line or maybe in a semi-circle way. The dancer will be standing on the side and doing the basic step of the rhythm that they're playing. Let's say in this case, they're playing sika. They're, the, the dancer will start doing the sika. And the way that they will do it is in a very like, rigid way they would stand up very straight a lot of you know skirt movement that's like the style of the sika like if we go to let's say another rhythm let's mention coimbe now this coimbe is like the step is almost like the same as the sika but you instead of stepping forward like you're marching forward you're gonna Mark back. You're gonna step back, right? In this step, the dancer, whether it's a male or a female, the way that they're going to dance is in, in a more flirtatious way, because that's the that's like the energy that it has in Quimbe. For example, like back in the day in Quimbe, the elders say that whenever a drummer was wanted to like. Como que ser coqueto with a, a, a dancer that was a woman, he would play the cuembe so she could be, you know, very flirty with him, you know, when she was dancing. So whenever we're dancing cuembe, you see a dancer, you will see her moving a lot of hips, ¿verdad? maybe smiling on the side and like that and a little bit playful. Like, it's like that sort of energy. The Yuba is more like, it, it is It is more serious. It's a more serious type of uh, music, type of rhythm. Uh, the dancer, you don't see her like, or see him like smiling. It's not, it's, you're not supposed to smile when you're dancing a Yuba. 
because this type of rhythm is more for like cuando una persona eh, fallece normally they will play duba o un belén that belén is like a como una variación de del duba which es más lento todavía and that rhythm you're supposed to be serious right because you're you're you know if that boring is how you say another person and this style is you dance very rigid as well but like in a more serious note in a more serious note and when you step you step to the side the steps instead of going forward or backward maybe like in Gwenbe, this you're gonna step to the side and very rigid as well with the skirt we got Olande. Holandese is um now this rhythm is very um very happy. This rhythm comes from the more like from the south side from from Mayagüe. Now in this rhythm, you will see the dancer will start like jumping a lot because it's very similar to plena. I don't know if you guys have ever heard plena before. Like plena is very joyful, right? With the same with Holandese. So in Holandese, the the dancer will step forward almost like jumping, they will play with the skirt. But if you see dancers from, from Mayagüez, you will see them doing a very, another variation of the step, which is a little bit difficult for some people. And the energy that has is like very joyful, very happy. So whenever you see a dancer dancing Olande, that's the energy that you can get a, a very happy. Now, if we go to the north side again and we go to Loisa, we got Se Corrido, which is the fastest rhythm of, of all. Now that rhythm is very, very fast. So the energy is like, it has that African root to it, right? So whenever you were doing the, the basic step of Se Corrido, we're going to do it fast. We're gonna do what is called the marullo. The marullo is just, just putting our hands like this, imitating like the waves, sort of like that, right? Like the waves, like the el marullo como lo que se hace en la playa, el marullito, just like that, right? So we're pulling that energy from from Mother Nature, right? And we're doing it like this, and it's very, uh, and we do it very fast. Sometimes holding the skirt, but sometimes we don't hold the skirt because in Loisa. It's cultural to dance without a skirt. The women actually imitate the movement of the skirt with their hands the majority of the time. And they have like a mixture of male steps and women's steps because they're not dancing normally with the skirt. Like if you see uh, people for like with the skirt, well, basically normally it's like they are they are doing like a show or something like that. But if you go to a real bate in Loisa, you will see people very different. The dynamic is totally different. The energy is totally different. The energy is very fast. It's like very joyful, but very precise. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty fun. Mar, are you aware of any historical tales or accounts that can help us understand what bomba movements represent? Pues mira, I remember that one time sitting with Jose Cepeda, which one of um, Rafael Cepeda's um, grandson, 
actually, he's the one that has um, Don Rafael Cepeda's notebook. Don Rafael Cepeda, he used to have some notebooks that he would write, uh, wrote down throughout the years from his beginnings, every dance of Bomba that he went to and every people that he met there with name and last name. And he would describe all the dancing and everything that happened, right? This um, friend of ours, Jose Cepeda, was telling us that actually the dance that the, the Cepeda do that they look like they are, they are like trampling, let's see, da, 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 da. but they are standing straight. He was saying that that was actually imitating when a spirit is mounting a person, it, which is pretty interesting because it totally confirms what I, the, what I always have felt. Like it is, you know, this a spiritual layer there that a lot of people don't like to talk about it for different reasons, but it's there, you know? But yeah, that's one of the dances that, that's one of the piquetas that comes to mind that I can explain where it comes from. But the rest of them, eh, to be honest, to be very honest and very clear, what we do is not the same that they did back in the day. Not at all. <laughs> like if you see the dancers back in the day videos, um, it's totally different. You will see dancers that they don't even like pull up their skirt too much, too too high, you know? If they're like on the south side, like if you go to Mayagüez, like the elders there, you don't see them holding the skirt high. It's very low. Now things are different. Like if you go to Mayagüez, you're gonna see dancers very different. But uh, the elders, their skirt, they don't pull it uh, too up. And their movement are not so, no tan fuerte. They're more like más pausado. Hola, 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 hola de la mar. Hola, 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 hola de la mar. Hey, it's me, Mel, one of the hosts of the Mixtape Podcast. I wanted to take just a few seconds to remind you that in the Mixtape Podcast, we take an anti-racist approach to center the contribution of Black people and culture across the Latin American diaspora through dance and music. Follow us on Instagram at mixtape.podcast and click the link tree in our bio to find all our episodes across platforms like Spotify and Apple Podcast. All right, let's get back to Mar. Bendita muchacho caramba, qué pena me da, que el pueblo se está quemando por falsa de agua. You talked about spirituality. I wonder if you could elaborate about the connection between bomba and spirituality. Pues mira, este, en bomba, as far as I know and as far as I have learned throughout going to conversatorio, I don't know how to say that, but when, they, when we talk with the elders, they talk a lot of, about spirituality. And one of the things that, especially Jose Cepeda was talking about, was that in his grandfather's notebooks, he would describe his um, bumble gathering in, the, in people's houses. And he was describing what it was like, almost like when you go to Cuba and you go to El Toque de Tambor, I don't know if you guys have ever seen that, Un Toque de Tambor, where they play drums to the dead. Well, they were basically doing that este, here in Puerto Rico in different houses, you know, with different families. They will use the drum of bomba to play for the dead, you know? And just like they do in Cuba, con el cajón, well, the same here, but with, with our national drum. Este, and he was describing that, you know, some of them will get mountain, some of them, they just, you know, they are there and they just feel the spirit and stuff. So 
he would describe that. And then in a conversatorio with Alex Lasalle, he would talk about he would talk about the connection that Bomba has to a lot of Haitian um, spirituality. It definitely has a lot, a lot of similarities there. If the, in the way that we enter to debate, almost the same type of like, you know, they do in their ceremonies back there in Haiti, the way that we salute the drum, you know, just that connection. There's, there's definitely that, that connection to the spiritual side. But like I said before, a lot of people don't like to talk about it because whenever you throw a spirituality there, people automatically demonize it. You know, it's like, no, eso no va conmigo, that's from the devil, right? Este, but no, no, no es que sea from the devil. It's just that it served that purpose in history. It still does for some people. And it's okay and it's valid that is um, used right now as in, as in educational way, recreative way, exercise way, I don't know. But it served that purpose too. It's, um, it served the spiritual purpose as well. And it needs to be respected, you know, and we need to talk about it so people can understand. Like I've seen a lot, a lot of people throughout the years, like they will come up to me crying they come up to me shaking, like, I don't know, like, I, I, I saw you dancing, and I just, I just felt moved, and I started crying, I'm like, it's not me, <laughs> trust me, it's not me, or they'd be like, oh my god, my heart is, is, is racing when I hear these songs, and I feel like I can't stop dancing, yeah, it's because you're being sensitive to the energies around, you know, same as, like, whenever we hear a drum playing somewhere else, and we, like, <laughs> we'll be like that, like, you know, and we run and we try to find who the heck is playing bomba. The same happens on the spiritual side. It's like, hey, y'all, someone is playing. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. It's the same. So we are going to feel some of us, not everybody, because not everybody is in tune with that. But some of us are going to feel that. And whenever we feel that, you know, it's OK. We're not you're not you're. You don't have to be afraid of that, you know? You just have to be aware of that. I've recently attended my first few bomba classes. And when I attended the classes, I could feel the vibration of the drum in my body, urging me to respond and interpret what I was feeling in the moment. I was able to sense how bomba can raise someone's emotional desire to express themselves. And I can see how dancing bomba can be a liberating experience, especially under high stress and emotional up and downs. The best word I could use to capture this is healing. Yeah, definitely healing, totally healing. It mm -hmm. has been uh, um, healing for me, for my sister as well, and for a lot of people that we know. Like, for example, my, my sister suffered from, from uh, a lot of chronic pain. And sometimes she can't even like, you know, she's been sometimes like she can't even walk straight, you know, from the pain. But whenever she's dancing, she doesn't feel pain. As soon as she stops, she's, the pain starts again, you know. But she says that whenever she's dancing, she's like, okay. And the same happens to me whenever I'm dancing. I don't feel, not, not physical pain, but emotional, you know. Este, I'm, I'm 
feeling some type of way and I'm in the debate and sometimes I just, there's something that I don't talk about that in the debate I can express throughout the dancing, right? And sometimes I don't want it, back in the day, I didn't want it to express that. I wanted to suppress it. And Bomba definitely helped me out to express that. And because I expressed that, now I'm on my way to healing, you know? Definitely, like the first step for me to healing was through Bomba. Definitely, definitely, definitely. So, yeah. Bombero, eh, bombero, eh, repícame la bomba, bombero, eh, bombero. Bombero, eh, bombero, eh, How do you see bomba as a tool for embodying Afro-Puerto Rican culture today? I think it can it capture it all. I mean, the, not only the dancing, like the spirit, like the energy, todo. Because even like, even like the food, it catches even like the food. Because whenever like we are like este, in a bomba gathering, this food, right? And this, that, this type of food that black people in Puerto Rico has made, you know, like siempre está la capurria, la, 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 los bacalaitos, todo esto que, que nos describe también, tú sabes, que no, que, que describe también la, la cultura negra. So it kind of like embodies everything, you know, that essence, that spirituality, la energía, la resistencia, because Bomba for, um, was part of resistance as well, you know, that Bomba was used as a tool to resist. It, it definitely, Bomba, to me, embodies the Black culture, completamente. <laughs> lot about the role of music in social movements in Puerto Rico. How is Bomba used in protests and efforts to practice resistance? They used to sing certain songs, you know, with secret messages that will let people from other, maybe from other haciendas nearby, like, hey, like, we, cuando haya luna llena, nos vamos. <laughs> or like, whenever we're gonna go, you know, there's songs like, for example, if they, that, that are very direct. They will sing it and even the white people wouldn't even like think like, oh, they're going to escape. Eh, por ejemplo, fuego, fuego en bucana, fuego, que fuego en bucana. They're talking about prendiéndole fuego, <laughs> pouring fire, something. But they're like, okay, they were so drunk, so que no, no, they wouldn't even think that they were even, aha, uh -huh, do such a thing. But but yeah, but yeah, they were definitely um, used the songs to send different messages. And I think that ahora en la actualidad eh, is 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 the same. It's still the same. We still have songs that send different messages. Like, if you listen to it, you're like, uh-huh, I know what you're saying, <laughs> you know? Este, but everything that we do now, it already has been done. So it's never a surprise, you know? Whenever we feel that, no se dice, cuando nosotros sentimos esa, 
esa iniciativa de querer hacer esto, es porque ya lo hemos hecho, ¿sabe? No es, no es extraño, no, no es ajeno, está ahí, you no, know? it's not foreign, it's there. It's just that you're, you're repeating it again because it's a tool that your ancestors left there, you know? And in a subconscious way, um, you, pick on, you pick up on that, you know? I don't know, that's how I see it. Este, and I think that the Puerto Ricans that are very involved in protests and stuff, that's what they're doing, you know? They felt like we need to pick up on that. Maybe in a conscious or subconscious way, but they did that. And it was a beautiful tool that really worked out, especially when we were trying to kick out, you know, the ex-governor, Ricky, totally worked. <laughs> so, so, yeah, claro que sí. Okay, Mark, to finish our interview, I gotta ask you something. When you think bomba, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Oh my God, liberation. This authenticity, like you can be yourself. Like you can be authentically yourself in the moment. Like you don't, like to me, I feel like I don't pretend to be no one else but myself, you know? Like I, I feel very proud when I'm dancing. I feel very royal when I'm dancing. It's crazy. Cause I don't feel that way when I'm dancing salsa merengue. Like when I'm dancing salsa merengue, like I feel happy and joyful and maybe a little bit fretty, whatever. You know, if I'm with my husband, but like, but when I'm dancing bomba, it's just, it's different. Like the energy is different. I feel in it, like I'm in a sacred space. I feel like the bate right there is very sacred, which is true. Este, I feel like I'm safe. I feel like I'm doing therapy, like I'm healing. Whenever I'm dancing, I'm healing. I'm healing something. Maybe I'm not fully aware of what I'm healing, but I feel like I'm healing. After I finish dancing, I feel relief. Este, I've been in... in random bates <laughs> for example one time it happened to me in a in a university that i was giving a workshop with with my fellow friends and i was going through some things you know i had some things in my mind and i i, I was definitely not going to share that with no one but when i was in the bate uh, my friend was he was playing and when i got inside the bate I feel like this anger and it was and it was when I was entering to the to, to the bate and doing my paseo which I always say to people when you're in the paseo you're, you're absorbing everything like you're building up that energy right and you you're absorbing the energy of the drummer you're absorbing the energy of the of, of the people of the singer your own and the people that are watching so you become as a dancer almost like a medium right And so when I'm doing that, when I'm walking, when the paseo, I felt like this urge to cry, you know? So when I'm in, in so angry and I wanted to cry, I wanted to scream. And that's exactly what I did. And I couldn't not control myself. I could not control myself. And I was like, what the heck is wrong with me? <laughs> But, and the way I was, I was so 
mad and frustrated at the moment when I was dancing. I was doing my step like so furious and I started crying while doing that. And when I finished, I was like, what the heck? Oh my God, people are gonna think I'm crazy. But when I finished, I was shaking and I remember that I went back, I went to, I, I stand behind a wall and I started like, como se dice, componiéndome. And then when I went out, people started like, wow, wow. I'm like, what the heck just happened? And then the people that were there, they were coming to me crying too. I'm like, why are they crying? I don't get it. And then this lady was like, I felt the energy. I don't know what's wrong with you. Like, I don't know what happened to you. Whatever happened, I felt that. I felt angry. I felt sad. I felt very frustrated. And all of them described me exactly how I felt. So not only did I absorb that energy, but I put that energy out there, you know? I mean, in that, in that moment, I just poured. And people there, whether they were receptive or not, they absorb that too. And to me, that's amazing. You know, whenever people este, viene así, you say, wow, se los pelos. <laughs> and they don't know that, you know, before you step into the bate, you're, you, tú también tenía goosebumps, you know? And it's that, it's because it's, it's the energy around you, it's the energy that you carry with you that you are just letting go, you know? Maria, por ahí viene Maria, la que forma la fiesta, a cualquier Lorelli. Maud ended our interview sharing a personal story of hers. She told us how she continues to find healing through Bomba. The story mentions sexual violence, so we'd like to offer a trigger warning to our listeners. I'd like to share this because I already, you know, I'm healing from it. But um, este, one interesting thing that happened to me throughout the years was that one time in the Batay as well, um, I was dancing. And while I was dancing, um, I started having flashbacks, flashbacks of a terrible thing that happened to me. And while I was having this flashback, in between the flashbacks, I started seeing two people. It was an old lady and then a young lady. I could see the young lady sort of like, almost looked like me, este, almost the same skin tone, a little bit lighter. So her hair was black and her hands were very split. And I can see she had like a like a white garment and I can totally see her body, like her breasts, her, you know, private parts, everything. And to me, when I saw her, I, I saw her like, wow, she seems so sexual. Why am I seeing this woman here? Why, and this was when I was, while I was dancing. So I see that. And then I see this older woman dressed in purple, totally in purple with her a purple skirt. She had like a purple turban and she was older. And both of them, they were dancing along with me. I did not get scared. I just, I was like, I'm seeing flashbacks and I seen this, this two ladies. I don't know why, but when I was dancing, all of a sudden I hear this happened to us as well. And when I heard that, immediately I ran away. <laughs> I ran away from that, but I was like, Pew! 
Speedy Gonzalez. And I went away and everybody was confused. Like, what the hell is wrong with her? And I, I went to a, I remember that I was in Savannah Seca. I will never forget. Este, it was in a, like, on a, it, it was like in a park. And I ran away to a, ¿cómo se llama? Los bleachers. Bleachers, ¿verdad? I, and I put myself like, almost like in a fiddle position and started crying. And then my friend came by and she was like, what's happened? What happened? Why are you crying? Why are you crying? And that's when I vented and I said, I was right. And that was the first time that I vented and I said and admitted that I was right. And that was my first step towards healing. <laughs> if it wasn't for those two ladies, if it wasn't for that sacred space, if it wasn't for that moment that I allowed myself to see those things and to be triggered by those uh, uh, visions and, and flashbacks, I wouldn't be on my way to healing, you know? So thank God for that moment. That's why I always said that definitely Bomba is more than just a recreational thing. It's more than just a spiritual thing that was used by the ancestors. It's, it's more than that. It's healing and therapy. It helped me. It had helped my sister. It, it had helped a lot of people. And I'm pretty sure there's more people out there that have felt the same way that I felt. And that definitely, you know, it have served that uh, purpose as well. So I always like to share that because, yeah, it is, it is, it is um, healing. El caderamen, masa con masa, exprime ritmos, suda que sangra y la molienda culmina en danza. In our conversation with Mar, she models for us that vulnerability and community are essential aspects of Bomba. I'm inspired by the opportunity Bomba offers for healing and connection. Thank you, Mar, for sharing your personal story and your knowledge. We could not have done this episode without you. We are so grateful to know you. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Mar. Hearing how you have used Bomba as a tool for healing inspires me to do the same with my own dancing. It inspires me to use this gift we have as dancers, the gift of being able to communicate with the movement of our bodies for my own healing and for my own self-love and appreciation. Thank you so, so much, Mar. Thank you for listening. This is Mixtape. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook, where you can find us at mixtape.podcast. And also on Twitter and YouTube, which you can find on our website, tarheels.live slash mixtape podcast. Make sure you click the subscribe button and turn on notifications. Have any suggestions, questions, or comments? Email us at themixtapepodcast at gmail.com. Remember that you can also send us audio clips with your reflections for future episodes. This episode was sponsored in part by the Orange County Arts Commission. Thanks for listening. This is Mixtape. Tumba, 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 tumba